This audio sermon is brought to you by the House of Intercessory Prayer Ministries. For more information, please visit www.hipm.org. This morning, I would like to start a new series on intercession intercessory prayer so we will continue those to study this topic two three weeks um, so we will like to cover you know quite a bit uh, areas under this topic of intercessory prayer we will see what is intercession we will also see is it really biblical to intercede are there biblical examples for intercession We'll try to understand how to intercede. There are various mysteries of intercession which are hidden in the Bible. We will dig them out and we will bring them out to the surface to find out what are the various mysteries of intercession. What are the tragedies of intercession? We'll try to identify if you go on intercede, what is going to happen? Where we are going to end? And what what you know what are the other <clears throat> branches we can you know we can get deviated with? And finally, we may end up in in a wrong place. So we need to put things in a proper order according to the word of God. What God really expects us to do? There may be many hindrances for an effective intercession. What are those? We'll try to identify. We'll also try to understand what is ministry of intercession intercession different characteristics of an intercessor for whom we need to really intercede and what are the benefits of intercession you know there are various other things which we try to cover it up as we you know dwell upon this series called intercessory prayer or intercession you know our Lord is always in lookout for people to stand at the gap you know, every time when we gather together, especially in our ministry, we call this ministry as House of Intercessory Prayer Ministries. The ministry doesn't really speak outside as an evangelical ministry or as a church ministry or as a you know missionary organization. But it speaks out one thing, that there is a group of people praying together. You know, that's what it conveys to anyone. Those who walk along the roadside and then when they see the board, they, all that they see is a house of intercessory prayer ministry. So there is a place where people gather together and they intercede and they pray. You know, when I was trying to convey our, the name of our ministry, House of Intercessory Prayer Ministries, not only from people outside, you know, even people who are, you know, religious, in our religious circle, when I try to say that, you know, House of Intercessory Prayer Ministries, they find it difficult to repeat that name. They don't understand intercessory, they don't even get that word. It is so sad that, you know, even Christians, the children of God, they don't understand really what is the meaning of intercession. So today, you know God is very particular that we know really what is intercession Bible says in Ezekiel chapter 22 verse 30 if you read Ezekiel chapter 22 verse 30 says the Lord says so I sought for a man among them who would make a wall and stand in the gap before me on behalf of the land that I should not destroy it, but I found no one. The Lord is seeking after men and women to stand in the gap on behalf of the land, that I should not destroy it. You know, it also means that Lord is willing to destroy the land. Why? Because he is not able to handle the cry from the land. 
You know, the cry of Nineveh, the cry of Zoram and Gomorrah reached the presence of God. We know that in the history, in the Bible, in the Old Testament. You know, even today it is so true, the cry of this land is reaching the presence of God and God is asking us, in my wrath, I should not destroy this land. I want you and me to stand in the gap for the land. That's what Ezekiel 22-30 means. Intercession also means praying for others, expecting others' need to be met, and it brings blessing to others' life and to our own lives. You know, intercession is not always for somebody else, it is also for our own needs. In Job 42.10, And the Lord restored Job's losses, when he prayed for his friends, indeed, the Lord gave Job twice as much as he had before. Bible clearly states that Job prayed for his friends. That is another kind of intercession. I'm just trying to give an introduction. We'll go in detail later. You know, our Lord Jesus Christ, he was an intercessor. You know, if you want to see a best model of an, for an intercessor, it's nobody other than our Lord Jesus Christ. Even the prophet Isaiah in Isaiah 53, if you can turn with me to Isaiah 53 verse 12, the prophecy goes on like this about Jesus Christ. Therefore I will divide him a portion with the great, and he shall divide the spoil with the strong, because he poured out his soul unto death, and he was numbered with the transgressors and he bore the sin of many and made intercession for the transgressors Isaiah 53:12. Bible clearly says Jesus made intercession for the transgressors you know Jesus was standing or Jesus was on the cross interceding for the lost souls and he was the intercessor he poured out his entire blood on the land in order to stand in the gap, in order to between man and God as a mediator, as the only mediator. You know, today it is so true that God is looking for true intercessors. And Bible clearly says he is disappointed because he couldn't find anyone. He find none. In Isaiah 59, Isaiah 59, verse 16, God says, Isaiah 59, verse 16, he says, He saw that there was no man and wondered that there was no intercessor. Therefore, his own arm brought salvation for him and his own righteousness, it sustained him. You know, God was looking for intercessors and the moment he found nobody is there to intercede and he had to send his only begotten son. It's not even today, you know, when God finds nobody else, he doesn't really care. He comes down by himself and he does what he wants to do. You know, we come across many instances where people have encountered God on their way. They have seen Christ and they have seen the hand of God touching their lives. You know, when someone is crying out for help, Help, and if there is nobody else there to go and stand in between that particular person and God and God himself comes down and touches their lives. You know
know that's what God is saying that you know therefore his own arm brought salvation for him and his own righteousness is sustained because he found none there is no intercessors are found you know God is looking for true intercessors and I was you know as I as the Spirit of God was putting us you know it may be that God is looking our lives to be an intercessor our lives to be turned to an intercessor you know God expects us to intercede and turn in the gap you know we do that but then as Debbie was pointing it out why not more you know why not more why not why don't we go little more further and as the God as the Lord is putting the burden in our hearts why don't we go move forward and intercede more but then right now we need to understand what is really intercession intercession is a prayer that pleads with God for our needs and for the need of others intercession is a prayer that we plead with God for our own needs and the need of others you know there are many definitions we can give some of the definitions will put us you know in a proper with a proper understanding intercession also involves taking hold of God's will and refusing to let go until his his will is accomplished intercession also means taking hold of God's will once you know that it is the will of God and you know a true intercessor will not let God go without answering that prayer you know you will not be able to pray like that until you know the will of God we are not sure whether it is will of God or not the moment we know that it is will of God then we don't let God go unless we God answers that prayer that is intercession you know what is will of God there are so many things everybody need to be saved everyone need to be brought to the knowledge of Jesus Christ the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ it's a will of God not anyone should perish none of us should perish that's a will of God you know if you read the Bible there is so many things are will of God it's not in general but even in our own life it is will of God certain things are will of God we know for sure our children need to be saved our children need to be brought to the you know saving knowledge of Jesus Christ it is the will of God you know we need to spend our time in God's kingdom we need to invest in God's kingdom it is the will of God you know if we are not able to move forward we need to intercede and ask God to make his will get you know get fulfilled in our lives intercession is a warfare intercession is a warfare you know but the battle is not on this earth the battle is in spiritual realms as we read in Ephesians 6 12 the world very well known verse: for we do not wrestle against flesh and blood but against principalities and against powers and against the rulers of the darkness of this age against the spiritual strongholds of wickedness in the heavenly places when we intercede we are it is a battle we are really getting into a battle not on this earth not a physical battle but as in the spiritual realm we are trying to fight with the enemy in order to get the will of God done you know when God says it is my will it doesn't happen automatically there are so many things are will of God which is written in the Bible and you know how do we how the will of God will come true the will of God will come true when the will of God is a 
executed and you and our, me are the one who execute the will of God on this earth you know we were with some one of our Bible studies we are talking about the legislation how the legislative assembly works right so there are the legal things are discussed and it is passed on and once it is announced it that they don't get fulfilled they don't get executed automatically there is another team they work behind to execute those things on this earth you know when God sent Jesus Christ and the will of God is written and it is it is it, it says it is finished and when God is finished it is made means it is written and it is announced now God is expecting us to accomplish his will on this earth so intercession is a fight with that enemy intercessory prayer takes place in the spiritual world as I said as we fight for our own lives and for our families and friends and eventually to the nation Intercessory prayer is also an act of praying on behalf of somebody else as I said you know in the role of a mediator is found throughout the book in the book in the Bible through the Old Testament and in the New Testament we find the role of a mediator you know in the Old Testament if you remember the cases where when Abraham intercedes when Abraham Moses Daniel you know David Samuel Hezekiah Elijah Ezekiel Daniel in all these prophets and kings and you know the men and women of God they were interceding they were standing in the gap and standing as a mediator between men and God you know intercession also means it is a you know it's a, it's a work or a responsibility as a mediator to stand between men and God you know there are so many other definitions we can just go on and on I'd like to you know tell you a true incident which took place probably that will give us little more idea about what is really intercession W. Duval, a well-known author, he shared this story in his book called Touch the World Through Prayer. And during a great uh, uh, you know, uprising or a great you know, uh, thing happened in Kenya, it's called Mamu Movement in Kenya in 50s and 60s. During that time, it's basically a military conflict which took place in Kenya. The American missionary Matt and Laura Higgins, they were returning on one night in Kenya to a place called Nairobi through the heart of Mamu territory. That's where the, the activities are going on, the military activities are going on. They were traveling through this place. And during that time, all, most of the Kenyans were targeted, along with the missionaries, the foreign missionaries were targeted, and they were killed. You know, 17 miles outside of Nairobi, their vehicle, the Land Rover, they were driving, the car stopped. Higgins, he got out of the van and he wanted to try to repair that car and he did, he, he was trying his level best in the dark to repair the car but he couldn't restart the car and they had to spend the whole night in that van on the road, side of the road and all Higgins did, he, he, he prayed and he claimed the word of God, he read Psalm 4, 8 
I will lie down and sleep in peace for you alone, O Lord. Make me dwell in safety. And in the morning they were safe. They just got up and got their van repaired and they could move forward. A few weeks later, Higgins, they, he returned to America. And they reported that night before they left Nairobi, the local pastor visited them. The local pastor came to meet Higgins and he told a member of that movement, that military movement, came and confessed with that pastor saying that the previous night we wanted to kill this missionary and they we approached as their car broke down on the road. And we were, we were approaching their car and we saw there were 16 men surrounding this car and the killers they had to leave because they cannot do anything. They saw 16 men were surrounding this car in protection. But now later this man Higgins he came and to America he was really awestruck you know when he listened to that he was just wondering 16 men we just three of us were there in the van where the 16 men came but now he returned to America and he met one of his friends by name Clay and Clay said to Higgins on March 23rd God had placed a heavy burden on his heart and he called the men and women of the church to pray for Higgins who is a missionary in Kenya and as they called there were exactly 16 members of the church they turned to the church on that call to intercede for this missionary family in Kenya you know that's how God does things intercession is standing in the gap on somebody else on behalf of someone else you know we would have heard so many stories so many true stories like this you know when somebody was praying and there is a need in the other other end of the globe and God sent his angels to protect somebody from a destruction major destruction so intercession also means standing in the gap for someone else you know it's literally praying and standing in the gap for somebody else when we intercede for somebody else, someone else, God sends the help at time, in time. You know, God sends his angels in time to save them from the major destruction. Intercessory prayer is a prayer that also enables us to move into the spiritual realm. We call it as prayer without ceasing. You know, when we start praying in an ordinary way, we never experience that prayer without ceasing experience. We don't really get into that realm at all. We All that we do, some uh, activities, you know, in the very surface level, and we move away. But when the moment we inter start interceding, we are stepping into the realm called praying without ceasing. You know, there is so much the Bible talks about intercession. Let's quickly get into the word of God and see what is Bible, what, what does Bible say about intercession. Is intercession biblical? You know, today there is a question. You know, I was challenged with that kind of questions few times at least. You know, what is the point in praying like this? Is intercession biblical? Whether Bible talks about intercession, whether, you know, God is going to do His will on this earth. You know, why really we need to go after God and tell God every time, Lord, do this, Lord, do this, Lord, do this, Lord. 
Doesn't he know that he has to do this? The Bible says that it is his will. He will accomplish it. If he has promised once, he will do it. Why you need to go after God and repeatedly tell God, Lord, do it and do it, Lord, do it, Lord. So the question comes among the believers. They turn back to us and ask, is it really biblical? Where in the Bible we see, you know, the intercession is the word of God. It's from the word of God. You know, many times we may be challenged when we, you know, when we talk about intercession and when we say that we need to keep three days aside in praying for certain things. You know, it's a challenge. It's a challenge. Many people may not understand what we are trying to do, do here. It's, a, it's important that we need to take at least few examples from Bible and quickly go through it. Let's turn, go to Genesis chapter 18. Genesis chapter 18. In Genesis chapter 18... We see something which is very significant in the life of Abraham. In the life of Abraham, the whole chapter talks about Abraham's intercession. You know, verse 1 goes like this, Then the Lord appeared to him by the terebinth trees of Mary, as he was sitting in the tent door in the heat of the day, Abraham was sitting under a tree near his tent and he was just relaxing. In the wilderness, in the dry land, he is just sitting there as an old man. You can imagine. And he was just relaxing under because the day was very hot. As he lifted up his eyes, he looked. There were three men were standing next to him. And the moment he saw the three men, he ran to them from the tent door to in order to meet them and he bowed himself to the ground. Probably he realized that that's not something, it's something supernatural. The three men are standing there. And look at his hospitality and he said, My Lord, if I have now found favor in your sight, do not pass by your servant. Please let a little water be brought and wash your feet and rest yourself under the tree. You know, I was just, you know, just as I was reading, I was just, you know, I just got gone a little backward in my life and just thinking. You know, in the villages it happens really. We see old people, you know, the old men and women, they just, they don't have much to do. You know, they, they are just totally free. They don't have much uh, work to do. Morning they come to the side of the road and they just sit there. I don't know whether you have seen, I have seen many. So they just sit there at the side of the road, just on the ground. And the boy will come who, you know, distribute the newspaper and he'll just throw the newspaper and they just take the newspaper and then start reading the newspaper. And you know what what is their job? When everyone passes by, they just call them. Come, come. Let's talk about something else. You know, what's going on in your life? So how was the things, you know? They just start inquiring. And very soon you can see a big crowd formed over there and there's a big discussion going on, right? So, you know, that's usual. So Abraham probably, he was just sitting there. At the moment he saw three men, he was really fascinated, thinking that, okay, let's have some, some chat. And then he started inviting them. And he said, I will bring a morsel of bread and so that you can refresh your hearts. And he also said, and he just hurried up, you know, in the tent. And Sarah was there. And he told, gave instruction to Sarah. 
very quickly just you know take those fine meal prepare that fine meal for uh, these new visitors and abraham also read it uh, ran into the herds and he took a tender and good calf and asked the young man to prepare the calf so everything is getting prepared you know the meat is getting ready and sarah is cooking the bread and the water is getting ready and he is putting everything before these three gentlemen as they were passing by and now abraham was 11 now abraham and sarah were old well advanced in age and sarah had passed the age of childbearing was told says therefore sarah laughed with himself saying after i had grown old shall i have pleasure my lord being old also and in between we see in verse 9 they said to him the people who came there said told abraham where is sarah your wife so he said here in the tent and verse 10 and he said i will certainly return to you according to the time of life and behold sarah your wife shall have a son was and she was listening inside the tent and bible says she just laughed and when the lord asked why sarah laughed and bible also says she denied because she was afraid about 16 then the men rose from there and looked towards sodom and gomara and abraham went with them to send them away they started moving away from the tent the three men who came there and abraham was following with them and he started moving along with them and you know they started talking in verse um 18 since abraham shall surely become a great and mighty nation and all the nations of the earth shall be blessed in him you know that he remember that promise what god gave and let's let's go to verse uh, 21 and 22 then the men turned away from there and went towards sodom but abraham still stood before the lord and the lord started dealing with abraham and abraham came near and said would you also destroy the righteous with the wicked you know he understood this three men were sent in order to destroy zoram and gomara now abraham as a man of god he quickly he understood his position he quickly realized why he is standing there and why these three men came to his house and now he quickly understood his position and he quickly understood his role there and he started dealing with god and he is saying verse 24 suppose there were 50 righteous within the city would you also destroy the place and not spare it for the 50 righteous that were in it the moment you know he came to know that god is planning to destroy zoram and gomara abraham taking a step forward is taking a step forward and asking lord lord if there are 50 righteous will you not spare the land and verse 25 says far be it from you to do such a thing as this to slay the righteous with the wicked so that there is the righteous should be as the wicked for be it from you shall not the judge of all the earth do right verse 26 so the lord said if i find 50 righteous men within the city then i will spare the land for your sake then abraham answered and said to the lord indeed now i am i who am but dust and ashes have taken this taken it upon myself to speak to the lord suppose there are five less than 50 righteous would you destroy the land 
And verse 36, then he said, Let not the Lord be angry, and I will speak. Suppose 30 should be found there. And he goes on and on, and finally he says, in verse um, in, in verse you know 33 we read so the lord he says even even he is coming down from 30 and he said indeed now i have taken it upon myself to speak to the lord suppose there are 20 in verse 31 will you destroy the land he is asking the lord and finally he is coming to 10 even if it is 10 righteous in the land will you not spare the land and you know Bible says in verse 33 so the Lord went his way as soon as he had finished speaking with Abraham and Abraham returned to his place you know it was a major step from Abraham's side to take that step and you know to bargain with the Lord Lord if it is 50 40 and 30 and 20 and 10 righteous in that city will you not spare that land you know that is the position of an intercessor Abraham is a good example for an intercessor. When God asks, asks us to intercede, you know, we take an extra step. And we are dealing, trying to deal with the heavenly. You know, that's the reason Abraham is humbling himself. You know, any moment God can get angry with Abraham, he was very much afraid of that. Any moment God can, you know, turn back and say that, no, who are you? How can you ask me such question? And he was very angry. You know, it shows that the moment you start intercede, you are interceding, you are stepping into a different realm which belongs to God. The decision has to be taken by God. But you know, God, our God, as a merciful God, through son Jesus, he has given you and me the access to get into his throne of grace. You know, to get into his throne of grace. No, that's the reason there are will of God, there are certain things that are will of God. But the moment it comes to a matter of saving the sinners, saving the lives, you know, even God is open to change his mind at times. Even God is open to change his mind. Even though his original plans to destroy, but now God is willing to deal with him. You know, eventually it got destroyed. But then God was willing to deal with him that even if there are ten righteous men and women, he will spare the land. You know, that is the position of Indian intercessor. You know, we are playing a very major and critical role as we, you know, try to do an intercessory prayer. We are stepping into God's area, territory, and his decision-making power there is an influence coming from our end and asking God Lord don't destroy this land don't destroy this person let him live for a few more years so that he will come to the knowledge of Jesus Christ he will escape from the hell you know that is the role of an intercessor let's go on to Exodus chapter 32 Exodus chapter 32 if you can read few chapters before even before we will find even in the, in the in chapter 24 God is asking Moses to come to the mountain to sit aside in the presence of God we can read that in Exodus 24 verse 15 then Moses went up into the mountain and a cloud covered the mountain now the glory of the Lord rested on the on Mount Sinai and the cloud covered it six days 
And on the seventh day, he called to Moses out of the midst of the cloud. Verse 17, Exodus 24. The sight of the glory of the Lord was like a consuming fire on the top of the mountain in the eyes of the children of Israel. Verse 18 says, So Moses went into the midst of the cloud and went up into the mountain. And Moses was on the mountain 40 days and 40 nights. You know, that's the time Moses, he did that twice. And this is one among the two times when he did so. He was there in the mountain for 40 days and 40 nights without eating anything in the presence of God. And you know, God started showing him mysteries. In chapter 25, God started showing him the mercy seat, how he has to build the tabernacle, and how he has to build the mercy seat within the tabernacle. And he started showing the structure of the tabernacle, how the tabernacle need to be built. Everything has been shown, the inner court and the outer court, and even the garment of the high priest, everything is shown in, the, in, the, in these chapters. And the breastplate of you know, judgment and how it has to be done. How the priests, they need to consecrate themselves for the work of God. You know, and the, how the daily offering has to be you know, sacrificed. How the holy anointing oil need to be handed. How it has to be applied. How the altar need to be filled with the incense and the glory will rest upon that you know, presence, in the presence of God will rest upon uh, the mercy seat. Everything has been shown to Moses in Mount Sinai. Now, in chapter 31, if you can read verse 18, and when he had made an end of speaking with him on Mount Sinai, God spoke to Moses. You know, throughout all those five, six, seven chapters, God spoke to him various things. And he showed him the things which are to happen. You know, probably I believe that's how Moses has written the Pentateuch, the first five books of the Bible. Because God spoke to him directly. You know, otherwise who knows about how the world was created, how the creation was done, how Noah went into the ark. You know, so many things were unknown to anyone. But now, God showed everything to Moses and because he took time and he spoke to him face to face and verse 18 says and when he had made an end of speaking with him on Mount Sinai he gave Moses two tablets of the testimony at the end of it he is giving the tablets of the testimony the tablets of stone written with the finger of God God himself wrote the testimony, the tablets, and gave the tablets to Moses at the end of all this. Now the verse 32 starts. Sorry, chapter 32. In chapter 32, if you read verses uh, up to 21, we will find what is really going on there. The people who are waiting there at at the bottom of Mount Sinai, They have been waiting for days together, thinking that Moses will come back. But now Moses has not turned back. They all made a constant decision. The entire congregation, they joined together and they made a consensus. They made a constant decision saying that Moses is dead. He is no more. Probably he went up and we saw smoke coming out of the mountain. He got consumed in the fire. Or probably the you know the, 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 the animals would have come and you know he would have got killed by so many means and Moses is dead. And verse chapter 32 says, When now when the people saw that Moses delayed coming down from the mountain, the people gathered together to Aaron, the next leader, and said to him, Come, make us gods that shall go before us. For as for this Moses, the man who brought us up 
out of the land of Egypt, we do not know what has become of him. We really don't know what happened to Moses. Now make some gods. So let them go before us. We will follow them. And Aaron said to them, Break up the golden earrings. Bring all the earrings, golden earrings, from all your wives and your wives of your sons and your daughters, and bring them to me. That the good, that's a good thing, isn't it? Bringing all the golden ornament to the temple of God. That's a good thing. But it is used for a wrong purpose. And what they are trying to do. So, all the people broke off the golden earrings which they were wearing in their ears and brought them to Aaron. And he received the golden gold from their hands and he fashioned it with an engraving tool and made a molded calf. And he put that in front of the children of Israel and they were all very happy to see the new God in front of them. And they, you know, they, they were really happy and they were celebrating, thinking that there is, they got a new God. Now what is going on there with Moses? And if you can, you know, if you can go up to verse 9, and the Lord said to Moses, I have seen this people, and indeed it is a stiff-necked people. Now therefore let me alone, that my wrath may burn hot against them, and I may consume them, I will make of you a great nation. Forget about these people, let me destroy this generation. Let me destroy this generation. I have promised to my your forefathers that I will bring you as a make you as a big nation. I will still do it. But I want to destroy this people because they are stiff-necked people. They are ungodly generation. You know, I was thinking as a human, you know how much struggle Moses had, you know, bringing these people out of the land? He has gone through so much struggle and he was many times, he was questions. Even Bible says they even dared to kill him. They were, you know, they were ready to kill him. They were trying to kill Moses. You know, he was handling such a people, such a group of people with great difficulty. You know, such a man of God. Not even in, in his subconscious mind, he never thought, let the Lord do it. Let me get a good bunch of people, where, you know, with whom I can serve, with whom I can worship, with whom I can build my church. He never even thought of that. You know, if you and I are sitting there, probably that's what I would have thought, certainly. Let's get rid of these people and let's wait for a new bunch of people to come in. You know, Moses never even realized, never even thought of that. You know, see the response. Then Moses pleaded with God, verse 11. The Lord has God and said, Lord, why does your wrath burn hot against your people, whom you have brought out of the land of Egypt with great power and with a mighty hand? You know, one thing he is doing there, the moment, you know, he, he couldn't rely on people, the moment he starts, started having, experiencing a bitter experience from people, as a man of God, he thinks about the goodness of God. You know, that's a lesson for you and me here. We keep expecting a goodness, a good fruit from somebody else's life. And you know, people are not capable of bringing that fruit at, point, at some point of time. We get disappointed. Why he or she is like this? But you know, one thing we learn from Moses is, the, instead of looking about the goodness of people on this earth, think about the goodness of God. That's what he is saying. Lord, you brought them out of Egypt with your great power and your mighty hand. Why should the Egyptians speak and say, he brought them out of the harm to, uh, 
to kill them in the mountains and to consume them from the face of the earth turn from your fierce wrath and relent from his uh, this harm to your people now Lord don't harm your people please turn your mind please change your mind remember Abraham Isaac and Israel and and Israel your servants to whom you swore by your you on you on you own self and said to them I will multiply your descendants as the stars of the heaven and all this land that I have spoken of I give to your descendants and they shall inherit it forever and Bible says so the Lord relented from the harm which he said he would do to his people you know what we learn here a man who is standing between God and men you know that is the true intercession God is expecting us to stand in the gap and intercede for the lost souls and when we do that you know at times in, in another scripture we read even Moses says Lord blot my name out of the book of life but give me this people give me this people and what kind of people they are they are stiff neck people they don't want to listen to God they don't want to listen to Moses and they are, they are the people they want to go away from God those are the that, that's the kind of people but then Moses is interceding for that people you know without without expecting any return without expecting any reward without expecting anything from that people you know unless we have this mindset we will not be able to intercede unless we have this mindset you know we will not know what does it mean to say the sinners are perishing in their sin we don't know we don't understand the gravity of it unless this you know this truth gets into our mind you know today we need to ask if you know at times I used to do that if, I, if we don't have the burden about people we need to ask God Lord give me that burden about souls you know at times when we, we are you know overtaken by so many things in our life and we don't even have time to think about that but then if we don't have that kind of burden in our heart we cannot pray for others we will not be able to participate when others they go through trouble in their lives all that we do will be a superficial thing we just ask them listen to them say to say a few things to them and then we forget about those things in their lives you know Moses was not a man of God like that he was really he was able to understand what these people are going through and if the Lord if he allows the Lord to destroy them they are all going to perish but Moses was a man of God standing in the gap we see another you know interesting prayer very effective intercessory prayer in the book of Daniel in chapter 9 we don't have time to go through it in detail you can read that later in the entire book of Daniel 9 is a very good example for an intercessory prayer I can just give an outline for it it has an element all the elements required for a true intercessory prayer you know when he starts praying he is putting the, his prayer based on the word of God Daniel is praying to God based on the word of God and he was very fervent in his prayer and it was a self-denial prayer you know he was identifying himself unselfish self, selfishly with God's people because if you see if you read he is identifying himself with the sinful people on this earth let's read verse 5 if you, if you are into that chapter Daniel chapter 9 verse 5 he says we have sinned and committed iniquity 
We have done wickedly and rebelled, even by departing from your precepts and your judgments. You know, it, one thing is clear, and as an intercessor, I should be able to identify myself with the sinner. The moment we start finding out you, our intercession, intercession cannot really work. We should be able to take them along with us and say, we, Daniel is putting them, the children of God, as they were sinning and going away from God. He's putting them in front of God and saying that, he's not pointing out saying that these people, he's not saying that you have gone away from God, but instead he's saying, we, we, you know, that's what Jesus did. He became a sinner for the sinful people, even though he's a sin-free man. He became a sinner. He identified himself along with the sinner. You know, wherever he went, he went into the house of sinners and he identified himself as part of them, as one among them. Why? Because he was an intercessor. Today, you and I, we cannot keep them away. We need to bring into them into the church. You know, we, we know that the church is a holy temple of God. God doesn't want to see sin here. But you know what? There is an exception here. God doesn't want to see sin here, but God wants to see sinners coming into the church. The church is fortune sinners. This church is kept open so that the sinners can walk into the place and they can get saved by the grace of God. God doesn't want to see his people living in sin, but God wants to see people coming to his place so that they will become sin free. They will be washed by the blood of Jesus. Here Daniel is identifying himself with the sinners and he's, you know, he's confessing all their sins. Verse 5 to 15 if you read. He's confessing all their sins one after another, telling one by one and asking God for forgiveness. And he is depending on God's character. The same way Moses did. The same way Abraham did. Depending on God's character to forgive sinners. God's character to forgive sinners. And everything eventually he is doing it for the glory of God. We read at the end of this chapter. Or from or verse 16 to 19 we read. Finally the name of the Lord is lifted up. God's name is glorified. A true intercessor is the one who will be able to identify with the sinners, with the people who are in need and pray with them. You know, Bible also says Jesus was the great intercessor. The greatest intercessor of all the time was Jesus. You know, Jesus made different prayers when he was living on this earth. Let's see one or two examples and then we will close. Let's go to Luke chapter 22. Luke chapter 22 verse 32. Luke chapter 22 verse 32. Bible says, Jesus says, but I have prayed for you, he is talking this to Simon Peter, that your faith should not fail and when you have returned to me, strengthen your brethren. Here we see a small intercession happening. Jesus is interceding to God for Peter. I pray that your faith should not fail. I pray that your faith should not fail. Jesus is strengthening his one of his disciples. In Luke chapter 23, verse 34, at the time of his crucifixion, when he was hanging on the cross, Jesus is saying, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they do. You know, that is an example for an intercession. Even at the time... When the enemy is rising against us, 
God has asked us to pray for our enemies. God has asked us to pray those who oppose the work of God. God has asked us to pray those who come on our way in order to destroy us, in order to bring destruction in our lives. God is asking us to pray for them, asking us to intercede for them. Jesus was interceding for them. The entire chapter of John 17, it is an intercession prayer, intercessory prayer of Jesus Christ for his disciples and for his believers. The entire book of John, chapter 17. The whole book, whole chapter is talking about the intercession of Jesus Christ for his disciples. You can read that later at home. And he's saying that, let's read one or two scriptures and then move further. Verse 9. I pray for them. I do not pray for the world, but for those whom you have given me, for they are yours. And all mine are yours, and yours are mine, and I am glorified in them. Now I am no longer in the world, but these are in the world. And I come to you, Holy Father, keep through your name those whom you have given me, that they may be one as we are one. He goes on and on and interceding for all his disciples. And the second part is also interceding for those who are living in the world as his believers. You know, Jesus Christ was a perfect model for an intercessor. Today, as we you know, meditate upon these words, God is expecting us to intercede. There is no doubt, there is no doubt that God is expecting the church to intercede. It's not that a group of people are identified as intercessors and only they are asked to intercede. No, it is a call to all believers, all children of God to intercede. And what do we intercede? How do we intercede? We will also deal with that in the coming days. But today morning, I want, to, I want you to focus our thoughts on two things. One, as Moses did. You know, when things are not in favor of us, when people are not in good terms with us, still we need to pray for them. Still we need to pray for them. You know, when sometimes we feel that somebody is against us, against our families. Somebody is not at all happy with our, our well-being. But it is important that we need to pray for them. It is one of the many elements of intercession. Intercession, Moses did that. Moses did that. He knew very well these people are trying to kill him. Trying, they are always against him. They are always questioning, quarreling with him. But then you know what Moses did? Instead of looking at their lives, their shortcomings, he looked at God and he looked at his goodness. Today God is calling the church to look at God. Not to look at anybody else. Not to look at people who are walking away from God. Not to look at people who are rising against us. But God is expecting us to look at him. The one who paid the price for it. The one who hanged on the cross, hung on the cross for you and for me. God is expecting us to wait upon him. The second thing God is expecting us is as Daniel was doing. Are we able to identify ourselves? 
with our fellow believers or we feel that we are somebody else we are somebody great God has called us only us or only me into this ministry I don't the call I have that somebody else doesn't have are we able to you know separate and look people in the in that way or are we able to identify them saying that I'm also one among them he is like me what I am going through on this earth he's also going through it what he's going through I'm also going through are we able to identify ourselves with our fellow believers as they go through sickness as they go through sorrow as they go through pain and failures in their lives are we able to identify hope you are blessed by this teaching please write to pastor balan swami nathan at balan at hipm.org god bless you